Welcome to another episode of the Heartship Journey Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm your host, Andrea Mauser, a mindset and personal growth coach and creator of Choose Your Journey. We all endure hardship in some form in our life. It's those very things we go through, we grow through. My guest today is Carl Denlinger, who at the age of 39 experienced a heart attack. He recalls the worry of being alone in the hospital and praying he wasn't going to be taking his last breath. Carl shares how his life perception has changed among the hardships he's experienced. And these days, he's sure to take more walks and have a more positive outlook on life. Thank you for listening and be sure to check out my website, www.chooseyourjourney.co to hear other episodes of inspiration. Welcome to another episode, friends. I'm really excited to be here tonight with special guest Carl Denlinger. Carl, welcome. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. Thank you. So we're going to talk about your health journey and just shy of your 40th birthday on March 25th, 2021, you experienced a heart attack. Yeah. Wow. So before we get into that, would you just share a little bit about yourself, um, some background? Uh, I'm Carl Dellinger, uh, born and raised in Dubuque, just south of Dubuque, Iowa. Uh, farm kid, raised just like most of the other farm kids, work hard from sun up to sundown, exposed to multiple different chemicals and dust particles throughout the year. And moving on from farm to high school years, joined 20, did 20 years of uh, service, uh, was active duty for three years. I was stationed Fort Riley, Kansas, Camp House, Korea, South Korea. So what what branch of the service were you Army. In? Okay. Uh, Army for 20 years. I wow. uh, got off active duty and I did the last three years or last 17 years in uh, the reserves where I had the opportunity to deploy over to Iraq as well. Wow. So. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you so much for your service. Not a problem. And Many times, uh, obviously, through the military side, I was able to travel throughout the whole world. Other than wherever they wanted to put me, war, uh, war conflict. I've been to Germany. I've been to, uh, I was luckily enough only had to get deployed once in my whole military career. I just got lucky. Uh, Do most. Most people, Most people more... have multiples. Okay. Or volunteer for multiples. Sure. I didn't care to play that lottery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I was in, uh, had a annual training in Germany. Quite a few up in McCoy, if anybody knows the reserves around this neck of the woods. Uh, and then uh, when I finished out my annual, or finished out my reserve career, I last two tours I did was one in Romania and one in uh, Poland. Oh my gosh. So... Some places where not too many people actually would think to visit. I'm uh, not saying the places aren't great, but I've seen a different part of the world that yeah. most people would. What a cultural experience. Oh, yes. Anything stand out from those tours? Um, Not too much. I, I uh, was there on the tours, but they didn't restrict me on what I could have while on the tours. And if anybody knows what I'm talking about, that is beverages in hand. <laughs> okay. If anybody knows farm boys from Iowa or anybody from Iowa alone, hardworking construction workers, we don't go anywhere without alcohol in hand. <laughs> Were the seasons similar over in Romania and Poland as they are kind of in um, the Midwest? The time frame when I went over to Romania, 
uh, it was early March. Uh, yeah, it was actually mid March to about mid April, and this weather over there it was slow. About what April weather would be back here. Okay. Um, while I was over there, heck, I was able to see uh, Dracula's castle. Wow. Which was pretty cool. Uh, the only downfall is, unless you can speak the language or read it, it didn't really make much sense. <laughs> no English translation. Not necessarily. much. Um, then on top of that, uh, before there, I was uh, we were actually hauling equipment. I should say that we were hauling equipment from one of the ports in Germany to Romania. Mm-hmm. So while I was in Germany, I was actually able to visit one of the uh, immigration museums. And... By coincidence, uh, the first one that I picked up was actually a guy who came from Germany and settled up in northeastern Iowa. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, uh, I can't remember the guy's name off the back of my hand, but it was actually funny how the German people actually, the reason why they came to the States and a lot of them settled, if you're German in Iowa, kind of figured out why. If you're a farmer... It's the same soil content as what Germany had. So that's the main that huh. I learned a little bit of history there. Yeah. It's always good to learn something new. I, yeah, I learned something new right there too. So um, Poland, I was there to do a mission and all we had to do was transport equipment back. I didn't get much time out on the civilian side okay. or civilian sector out there. So yeah. didn't really mess with it. Yeah. So And you're a dad. Yep. I got three beautiful kids. Uh, the oldest one's 14, the youngest is 12. If you can do the math, yeah, they all, all ducks are in a row. (laughs) And those teenage years are, they can be something to grow into. I'm experiencing that myself. So yes, they're busy, but I'm sure keep you busy for yourself too. Oh, well, I'm kind of great. I'm learning, I'm learning as they are too, because I bought my daughter a truck just to more or less fix it up, turn around and hopefully we can make a buck off of it. There you go. Cool. (laughs) Time with dad. That's well. Yep. Time well spent. Yeah. So talk to us about your health journey. Um, well, before, I guess, the thing we should talk about for that would be what all I look at back in how I believe my heart attack happened. Yeah. Um, uh, other than what the cardiologist and cardiac rehab all thought, me as... The young buck, young strapping lad that I thought I was, I thought I was bulletproof, just like anybody else in their 30s, 20s, going into the 30s, 40s, always thought that we're indestructible. And everybody, and I have an addictive personality. I happen to chew. I happen to drink. I happen to smoke. I really enjoyed energy drinks if other than coffee. And... Uh, some of the jobs that I'd had, I had to be alert. So I'm like, oh heck, just pop an energy drink, uh, pop an energy energy drink, and they'll be like, I'll be fine. I'll be alert. I'll stay focused. Well, the worst part about it is some of the job I took on, like a one job that I took on was a third shift job, and I was also trying to take EMT class at the same time. During that job, I was drinking at least. At that time frame, I was drinking at least three to four energy drinks a night just to stay awake. And and because I don't know much about energy drinks, like how much, it probably each one's different. 
Each one is different. Uh, it's made based on the ca uh, number of ca amount of caffeine, and then there's a crap ton of sugar in there. Yeah. Which really, really will mess up mess with your heart. So, would like an energy drink, maybe be like a pot of coffee, or not more, even. It'd be more than a pot of coffee. Uh, one inter one of the rock stars. What the heck is it? Two hundred and fifty milligrams of caffeine alone. Wow. So. And you had three to four. Some of them I was having three to four. Wow. And I cut that back a while. And because I got a different job, I was working a day shift job. So I'm like, okay, I've cut it back. And then after a while, I'm like, ah, screw it. I'm going to get back into the old swing of it. I was staying up late because my mind was racing in other different directions. And I have two or three during an eight to nine hour eight to ten hour time frame i'd have three of them during the day everybody's like boy you're really putting them back i mean it was bad enough to where on my bench that i have at work i'd stack up all my cans kind of like a pyramid <laughs> <laughs> and i counted them all up and by the end of the week i had a full pyramid going across the back side of my bench wow and then uh once, then I switched over to second shift just to help out my family, to make it easier on my wife at the time and the kids just so we didn't have to worry about the kids getting on the bus, missing the bus or anything like that. That was, this is, I believe it was right after COVID hit when the Dubuque, Dubuque schools were off and on every other day. So, and at that time, uh, I was still drinking about two or three a day again, not thinking anything about it. And one time, uh, and that's more or less where my journey, I guess, started yeah. is even though the cardiologist or cardiac rehab gal is like, Oh, it's your smoke and your drink and everything else that you're doing. And I'm like, and I started looking into it and talking to other people. I'm like, there's 18-year-old kids that are having these heart attacks, and all they're doing is sitting in front of an Xbox playing playing video games, drinking energy drinks. So, I mean, if you have kids that are under the age of 18, technically you shouldn't be buying it for them because you're supposed to be 18 to buy them in the first place. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> I'm going to be taking that home. Wow. Um. That and uh, during that time frame, I was also I joined on uh, the volunteer fire department in my local community. Yeah. Uh, as many other people that uh, enjoyed military service, they always <clears throat> we always try to find a way to give back to the people that supported us. Mm -hmm. And I thought being on the fire department was going to be it, and it was fun, but sometimes that was stressful as well. There's no. Being military and fire, there's no easy access on anything. Uh, so, I mean, that's that will stress a person out in just in itself. Just certain situations. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that. but <laughs> And you were doing EMT classes, so did you end up getting I, certified in EMT? Unfortunately, with everything that I had going on, I did not wind up passing my board or passing the national registry. Which I hate myself for doing because I let other things in my life at that time kind of override what I wanted to do in my life. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, and when I switched over to second shift, me and my wife started really drifting apart. We're kind of actually still kind of dealing with that at this time because I still, even though I say me and my wife then drifted apart, me and her are no longer together. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have feelings for her. I still care for her. She is the mother of all three of my kids, and there's nobody going to be able to replace that. But we started really drifting apart, and uh, about, I'd say about a week and a half before my heart attack actually happened, we had, me and her had a dispute where law enforcement had to get involved and everything else. We had to be out of the house for a certain amount of time, or out of the house and no contact between all of us and I couldn't see my kids and the one week where I was actually going after that happened it was right around when spring break happened for the kids and it hit me hard I mean just like any loving father would uh I was missing the hell out of my kids and I was trying to be the nice, kind guy, and whenever the kids had school, I would still work in second shift. I'd wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning, put my boots on, go grab my kids, two of them to take to middle school, and then try to burn another hour to turn around to grab the youngest one and take him to middle school. And one time where I just stress all got added up and added up and added up the one time i asked my sister if she happened to have an energy drink because i was running a little bit late she handed me one i started drinking it i actually know that take that back the night before i was a little stressed i had a beer with a buddy of mine and something was starting to act funky then and then uh when i got got home i'm like okay I thought it was just heartburn at first, and I figured, okay, take a glass of milk, see if that calms it. The following morning comes around, still have that pain, so like anybody else, I hit Casey's, get that wonderful Casey's pizza in the morning, and a chocolate milk. The greasy pizza probably didn't help, but the chocolate milk, I figured it would, and turn around, and that didn't help, so... I recognize I started noticing what the signs were a little bit and one of my co-workers he was also an EMT I'm like happened to send him a text I'm like dude I'm just double checking what's signs of a heart attack and he sent me the information don't read while driving <laughs> I looked at pictures real quick and skimmed real quick and yeah I'm like oh this isn't good <laughs> you're like I'm th- I'm 39 years old. This this doesn't this can't is, be me. No, it is not. I'm like, this can't be me. Uh, so I wound up calling my daughter. I'm like, I hate to say it, but I'm not going to be able to see you today. You guys are going to have... Uh, I can't take you guys to school. She's like, Dad, if you're not feeling well, go get yourself checked out. Oh, wow. Uh, my kids are my driving force. Um, anything. If Kids ain't nothing here on a parent's side. They shouldn't have them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I wound up going in and it actually came down to I'm like I told them I had chest pains they got me into the ER right away and they did a blood sample and started scanning me they were actually about to release me and something about 
I believe it was the tippets or something in the bloodstream that wasn't was high or elevated. And they're like, okay. I'm like, okay, so what's happening? They're like, well, you're at, you are. I'm like, you're kidding me, right? Next thing I remember is they were wheeling me up to the cath lab to get everything done. And I'm like, oh, wow. and getting me prepped up. Wonderful shaving points. <laughs> oh my gosh. And the only thing I remember was getting tossed over on the operating table and looking at the lights and crying and hoping. Sorry. But looking at the lights, praying that it wasn't my last day. And you drove yourself there to the hospital yourself? Yep. Did you have any anybody come that was able to come to, during that time? My sister was able to visit me. I was only, it was during COVID, which, yeah. whatever you want to believe about COVID or not, I understand hospitals, protocol, and everything else, but I was only allowed one visitor a day. Mm. I still remember getting a text message or a call from my dad, who recently just passed back in October, He's like, I'm supposed to be the one in the hospital, not you. And it just, it, it was an eye opener. And have I changed my ways? Yeah, I have. It's, it, it's hard to go down that path and not think twice about what brought you to that point. And you shared it was a 90% blockage. It was a 90% blockage. Yes. I, don't get me wrong, I can't remember if it was a Widowmaker or not, but it was a 90% blockage on the right artery. Oh my God. That was the longest time I've ever stayed in bed. Well, I can't say the longest time I've ever stayed in bed, but it was mm -hmm. the longest time I ever felt I didn't want to be in that bed. Yeah, yeah. What, um, what did they end up having to do with your heart? <clears throat> they, uh, actually, I still got the scar. They went right through my right side. And went right through the veins and uh, put a stent in, stent oh. in. So, and now, probably until the day I die, I'm on. Uh, I can't say a laundry list of medications, but I found found out that I can't have anything else for pain relief other than Tylenol. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's really a miracle that we're even talking today. Yes, because if I let it go any further if I would have just carried on like it was a regular day <clears throat> there's people that have accidents because of having heart attacks there's and I'm like as long as I noticed the signs I recognized what was going on and I'm like mm -hmm. well you know go get this taken care of mm -hmm. wow so did you feel like in the hospital you had this sense of renewal or a new new purpose of having a second chance at life yeah it, it i mean i try to live I, before i try to live uh kind of a stress-free life to where not to let things bother me mm -hmm. and at that point in time i'm looking at my life and i'm like everything that i did going up to it i'm like it was, did i really do the right thing it, i mean i'll just like anybody else would. I mean, anytime a major surgery goes on with you or even a broken limb, you always wonder, did I really make the right choice? Mm -hmm. Did, is, am I making the right path to where I can carry on with the rest of my life and not feel guilty about doing it? 
uh, I, at that point in time, even though me and my ex-wife we were feuding, I was trying to get back. I was hoping maybe we could just talk and figure stuff out, but obviously that didn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. And what was your mindset like going through this? Scared. Just like anybody else. Scared as all hell. I mean, you, like, like you said, I cheated life. Or I shouldn't say cheated life, I cheated death. And the good Lord up above didn't want to take me at that point in time. Thank God my kids are happy about it. (laughs) Yeah. Do you feel like it impacted your faith? I need to go to church more. I've never, I'm not saying I go to church regularly. I'm not saying I go... I don't believe in God, but I I don't curse him as much as anymore. <laughs> yeah, and how was your support system going through? My support system going through it? Well, I didn't have my kids at the time, and I didn't have, well, my wife or ex-wife at the time. Mm-hmm. Even if I had a girl, the girlfriend that I was seeing at the time, she was two hours away, and the only I mean, my family was my family's around here, but there was only one family member that was really not saying she took care of me. Not saying the rest of family member didn't check members didn't check up on me, but she wasn't the one making sure that you do this, do this, do this. I'm like, mm-hmm. and she's like, I'm only doing this because that's the only way to get through to you because <laughs> twenty years military. Kind of have to have a drill sergeant on the background. <laughs> so, Sure. And what do you think you, with what you experienced, how did that influence who you are today? It's a good question. Taking more walks and taking time to realize what you got around you. Because, don't get me wrong, some people look at the sunrise as, oh, it's just another day. They look at the sunset, boy, this day's done, thank God. You want to know what? There's a lot of beautiful sunsets. There's a lot of beautiful sunsets. Unless you don't take a few steps back to realize how soon your life can really change, you're not going to notice it. Yeah. I mean, I try to, I'm not, I try not to live such a fast-paced life anymore. I mean, I hate to say it, even after my heart attack, I was, I didn't go right back to the energy drinks. I'm not going to say I totally dropped them. <laughs> I'm not, I can't say I have because I have at least, I'll have one once in a great while, but it made me really take a step back and look at everything, look at, appreciate what I have because like I said, it could be gone, it could have been gone a year ago and just coming back a year from it, it actually hit me quite hard this past uh, when I did have my birthday, it hit me quite hard that whole week and the week after because I'm like, uh, over the past year, uh, I got a wonderful driving award. I, I'm not afraid to admit my past. I my past sucks. <laughs> um, uh, me and my ex, or obviously me and my ex wife, we got divorced, and then on top of that, my dad passed away. And I, all that was piling up. And at this point in time, I realized like, 
even with my ex, once we got everything finalized, pushed around or whatnot, I try to be friends with her. And if I can't be friends with her, I don't know how in the heck I'm ever going to be able to let my kids grow and be the best person they can be. Mm. Um, heck, even my kids are like, Dad, you need to eat the... Uh, even diet-wise, I know this is probably going to go on to the next thing we talk about <laughs> food-wise. What do we what do we change, exercise, and everything else? Yeah. Um, but my kids are like, Dad, ain't you supposed to do this? Ain't you supposed to do that? And I'm not, I, as much as a, even after a year of being down this path, you'd think I'd take my meds every day. Sorry, I'm not that perfect of a person. Some routines I break quite often. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. uh, taking the meds every day, it didn't really work. <laughs> I do take my meds every day, Dr. Ron, if you happen to be here listening. <laughs> <laughs> this is confirmation. Yeah. Do you did you end up like losing weight or kind of I've lost a butt ton of weight. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I uh when I went in, I was weighing roughly right around two hundred and twenty pounds. Not too many people would say, Oh, you didn't you didn't look like you that big, but once I done the cardiac rehab and everything else, I once they put that stent in, my obviously my heart was starting to fill up fully, and I'm like a little bit more energized. Wow! And I almost wanted. I worst part about it was the nurses didn't let me get up out of the bed and do what I wanted to. They're like, "Oh no, you can't do that." So you felt really good. You're ready to get up. Yeah. Kind of thing. And wow. cardiac rehab, being the young guy that I was, forty. And most people that were in cardiac rehab, no offense, you all spring chickens, uh, you blue hair personnel, uh, they were good portion were either in their late fifties, sixties, maybe some in their seventies. And I was 40 years old. I was looking at, not saying I was judging them, but I was looking at my life and their life. And some of these guys are, this is the first time they had it. I'm 40 and this is the first time I'm having it. And I'm like, um, this isn't cool in my own mind. And heck, even the guy, uh, when doing the cardiac rehab, they, what the heck was it? At first they test you out, see what, see where your heart rate's at. And the worst part about it is, yeah, you got to wear a heart rate monitor. Big old block sitting on your back or sitting in a pouch of your shirt. And I still remember some of the, uh, being military for 20 years. I can't walk for 20 minutes. <laughs> if you put me on a treadmill, I'm going to push my limits. <laughs> and the, uh, I started going faster, going faster. And they're like, we got to knock you back. The cardiac rehab nurses come over to me. They start knocking me down. They're like, you can't go that fast. You can't get your heart rate up that high. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So... I played the game, I walked, and they're like, well, Dr. Rom said, yeah, you can run, but you got to keep your heart rate below 160. I'm like, okay, this is easy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Wow. Incredible. Wow. So what would you say to someone who's going through a hardship in their life? Do you have any words of encouragement? <sighs> hardship. Oh, I don't know if pretty sure I've described my whole past year as nothing but one hardship after another, after another, after another. 
um, don't look at it. Don't look at it as that hardship's going to explain your life. Don't look at it as that one hard thing that you're going through is going to stop you. Because as soon as that thing's over with, you can get up off. It's about like getting into a fight. You can get knocked down as many times as you want. As many times you can get back up. Uh, I know it's a quote from somebody. Don't I'm not going to quote them or say who it was from. But don't let it beat you up. The sun's going to shine tomorrow. And as most construction workers and manufacturers, most people that drink, I should say, there's always going to be a cold one ready for you the next day. <laughs> Is there anything that you appreciate about what you experienced in having a heart attack at 39? Do I appreciate it? Is there anything that I appreciate out of it? I'm still here, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, nothing bad happened out of it. Um, Do you feel like you're more positive? Oh, yeah. There's, well, I was always positive beforehand, but it, it just kind of reinforced it that the negative in life, it'll drain you, and don't let the stress build up. Because that stress is going to do nothing but eat you up, and it does wear down on your heart. I mean, I've not saying the military life was easy. I mean, multiple times every year I was gone away from my family, wife, and kids. Uh, I've just like anybody else serving. Uh, they miss birthdays, they miss anniversaries, they miss. Heck, I've missed two Christmases. Actually, no, three Christmases. Uh, I had to miss a uh, sister of mine's wedding, a cousin's of mine's wedding. There's multiple weddings that, event, lifetime events that you wish you were there, but it's, looking back on it, it there's that stress. And then being a reservist on top of that, you got your own person, your job stress. So you add both of them together, it really sucks. But you try to pull the best out of it. Yeah. I mean, not every day is going to be a puppy, but it's always a new beginning. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like you you found ways to kind of deal with stress today in like to, in in the life you have today and making sure you don't put additional stress on your heart or Yeah, just walk away from it. I walk away from it, or if I, my son tried to do this the other day, I had a rough time here a couple of days ago, and it was a stressful. He's like, Dad, I'm just trying to make fun out of it, make somebody laugh. I'm like, yeah, but the only downfall about it is the person that you're saying it to is actually getting hurt, so just lay low on that. And, uh, well, I guess I should say I've also got PTSD. So that on top of that doesn't help anything. We always lean towards alcohol to relieve ourselves. Uh, there's times where I'll just, I'm with what my past is. Yeah, I probably shouldn't lean on that, but I'll sit down and drink a few. But that's to forget. But the only thing is the positive side, of, uh, away from the drinking side, uh, best way to relieve it, 
honest to God truth, I go for a walk. Uh, go for a walk. It doesn't have to be a fast pace. It doesn't have to be a slow pace. I just go for a natural walk. Yeah. And just for one, if you don't stop to smell the roses, you're not going to know the roses are there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just probably decompress from all that's stimulating us all the time, like our phones or the people in our life or just just to get out in nature and just immerse yourself in that. Yep. And we're fortunate around here that we, we're lucky. We don't have like the tall buildings that block the, the skies yep. and the sun. Unfortunately, if you guys do live in the big cities, sorry, you got to get out in the country sometime. I agree. <laughs> I agree. So do you have a song or quote that lifts you up, kind of motivates you? Uh, kind of motivates me? Well, that's funny how you ask that because I, uh, I do mobile DJing. <laughs> uh, if anybody's in the Dubuque, Iowa area, it's uh, Combat D Productions. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely put that on the notes. Um. One of the songs that motivates me. Um, well, the song that I was listening to at the time was actually Popular Monster, and that's by Fallen in Reverse, and that's not a good song. One song that motivates me, actually, I didn't catch this one until just recently. It's uh, co artist is actually uh, one of my favorite artists nowadays, is actually more country rap uh, artist, Justin Champagne. And he has a duet with another guy. I forget the artist's name at first, but it's uh, Good Vibes Only. Oh. Uh, then on top of that, Justin, Justin Champagne. Uh, one of the other Justin Champagne songs is... Uh, what the heck? Uh, every time I think of a song that I really, really like, I <laughs> It's okay. Once. I put you on the spot. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Well, what do you like to do for fun? What do I like to do for fun? Obviously, I DJ. Uh, I love uh, camping. Mm. With the changing of the seasons here soon, uh, I love camping. It's one way to disconnect. And I mean disconnect as in find yourself a place where cell phone reception is not that great. Mm-hmm. and disconnect, leave your phone in the camper, you don't need it, walk around and mother, walk around with Mother Nature on your side. Yeah. That's uh, actually what I learned the most, is uh, if you, yeah, I don't know how to really describe it, but if you don't take in Mother Nature, Mother Nature will treat you well. Yeah. It's the best vitamin, vitamin N, vitamin N for nature. <laughs> I like that attitude. <laughs> yeah, my final question, do you have a bucket list item? Anything that you want to do or have achieved in life? A bucket list item that I want. I want to go visit Tennessee. Tennessee. I keep joking around with people that I know, people that know me, people that I meet. They ask me, where would I, where would I go? Where would I go? It's Tennessee. I even joke around with the guys I work with. I'm like, yeah, don't get me wrong. In about 10 years, 10 years from now, I'm either going to be wanting to retire from here where I work at and, or I'm going to pack up, sell everything off and I'm going to move down to Tennessee. They're like, why would you go down to Tennessee? Well, for one, yeah, got a short drive to any coast. Then on top of that, 
yeah, they have thunderstorms and tornadoes and all that good stuff. And being a kid from Midwest, they don't drive when it snows. I'm going to have a four-wheel <laughs> drive down in Tennessee, and they're going to be like, why is this guy driving when it's snowing? Yeah. When up here we get used to driving when it's four inches on the road or 12 inches, and mm-hmm. we have to get to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. Yeah. Can't imagine these places where the whole community shuts down because they're not used they clearly don't have the equipment yep. to move it, and it'll be warm again in a day or two. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. I so appreciate you just opening up and, and sharing about that and just bringing awareness on what we consume really can have a detrimental effect on our on our health. And, yep. and wow, you know, I, I think about, like, I know a lot of people, maybe it's because I'm going to be 40 this year, but people celebrate 40 big. And I'm thinking, you were in a hospital. I couldn't celebrate my 40th birthday big. Yeah. So did you celebrate your 41st birthday big? Yes. My girlfriend, uh, she, oh, she got me a yard card and she, she went over the top. (laughs) Absolutely love her for it. Uh, She had grilling, camping, fishing, firefighting in there, everything on the yard card. And uh, I wound up... uh, I I was uh I made a batch of apple pie, strawberry apple pie, moonshine. If you're wondering if it's actually the pie or what, <laughs> uh, strawberry moonshine and peach moonshine, and I had a party at the house. It was I was on April first, and the weather around uh, weather at that time, and I was like, ah, oh, just open your blinds and open it back. Close it, open it up again, see what the heck the weather's supposed to be. The next day it snowed. We had a bonfire in the backyard. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, I think there was enough booze out there, booze in the booze flowing around. I don't think anybody was really feeling <laughs> too much of anything. And it's important to celebrate your birthday and being able to, to be like, I'm here. I get to celebrate with these amazing people and just enjoy life. Oh, yes. So no better way to end than that. Thank you so much, Carl. Not a problem. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening in to the Hardship Journey episode. It would mean so much to me if you would share this episode with a friend or family member or even post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out. And I hope you feel inspired and motivated from listening to this episode. And no matter what comes your way on life's journey, you can make your own hardship journey.